on ktalk.co.za, on the app, on DSTV Channel 885, and across the city on 567 AM. It is International Day for the Prevention of Violent Extremism as uh, and, and when conductive uh, to terrorism today. Joining you on the line to discuss this is a security consultant, uh, Jasmine Oberman, who, um, who knows a lot about the situation out in our neighboring country, that is Mozambique, that has recently been on the news. Uh, so we'll talk about that, but we'll also talk about this day. Uh, Jasmine uh, Oberman, a very good morning to you. Thank you so very much for joining us on the show. Good morning and morning to your listeners. Uh, Jasmine, to you, joining us, joining us at home is a security consultant specializing in extremism and political violence. It's amazing or it's interesting, uh, Jasmine, that, you know, we've even got days like this to remind people that we may be living a charmed life, but there's countries out there that are in turmoil. There are countries, and sadly, Africa is at this point at the center when we talk terrorism and international terror groups. Since 2012, we have seen an over 500% increase in terror attacks, be it from the Sahel right way down to Mozambique and the DRC. So seriously, a a serious problem. Uh, Countermeasures are currently not successful, are struggling in containing these terror groups, and they simply speed ahead in exploiting the local grievances. We've seen in the past where there was military responses that we use, shall we say, as a band-aid plasters serving elitist interests in all of these. And I think we can safely say they're not perhaps the best way to go about resolving uh, such uh, conflicts, if you like. Uh, what are some of the uh, plans or new ideas perhaps in your industry that are being put out there uh, to, to fight, you know, uh, a violent extremism? There are several ideas even being played around in the African Union. The first one is, yes, the military remains central, uh, remains part of an overall strategy whereby terrorism is the symptom that the causes need to be addressed. Hence the focus on socioeconomic grievances, uh, on citizen participation, even at AU level, and also the desensitization of people to an extremist ideology. But we have to keep in mind, and this is the bad news, the military industry is a money-making industry. It is powerful. We see it in Mozambique. We see it in the DRC. We're Wagner now even being present in the DRC. Sahel with French interests, Russian interests, US interests. And these remain all for one or other reason, redirect the focus constantly back to a military response in thinking that it will kill the extremist idea. The bad news, no bullet can kill an extremist idea. Yeah, and and I think we've certainly had that uh, from, uh, you know, past previous ex- past previous experts saying that, you know, you, you can't kill an idea, no matter how much uh, you work around that, the idea will always be there. So it's nice to see that perhaps there's different alternatives that people are using out there. And, you know, one of the things, if we talk to South Africa, we talk about Mozambique, terrorism know, knows no borders. 
and you you talk about uh, many countries you they'll obsess with their sovereignty uh, but how do we work these things because like mozambique and south africa we hear the country we want to help but you know that's a sovereign state you know what 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 are some of the parameters that people have to work around when it comes to borders and fighting violent extremism the central issue goes back to your regional structures and uh, goes back to the, the diplomacy, political level, where the level of cooperation and integration of a counter-extremist strategy is being supported by your regional leaders and do not view such interventions as necessarily a threat, but a support encountering and building security in the region. But sadly, what we are seeing in Mozambique currently with Mozambique government and Rwanda uh, in a close alliance with a solid countries not having such a close alliance with Rwanda, where diplomacy again starts redirecting other interests, diverting from the need of essential intelligence sharing, encountering in what is evolving in Mozambique. And so, you know, let, let, let's go to Mozambique. Let's go to South Africa and Mozambique. We've, we've had reports that uh, so we've got a military presence out there. Uh, one of the things that we're still not clear on was, was it a UN-sanctioned military presence or is it a request from uh, the government of Mozambique? Maybe let's start there. Uh, what's South Africa's involvement in Mozambique? Uh, we have to go back to Sadiq Samam. Uh, with uh, just over 1,000 soldiers being present in Makumia, New Dumbi, Nangadi areas, uh, supporting the Mozambican government uh, and Mozambican forces. Uh, Rwanda responsible for some more, the prior Palma, and now Ankuabe. So there is a military presence, but sadly they are not equipped sufficiently enough with financial shortcomings to be far more effective. And for as long as there is not intelligence sharing, for as long as there is not political collaboration in supporting all these forces into a coherent strategy, these forces are truly trapped in a very difficult situation. And you know, for the many of you that are sitting at home, today is International Day for the Prevention of Violent Extremism. And uh, you are joined on the line to discuss this matter by security consultant Jasmine Opperman, who's just been uh, giving us a brief idea of, you know, why perhaps obsessive military responses are just a band aid that doesn't really work in fighting violent extremism. But also uh, talking about how borders can affect the fight and also just giving us a brief uh, uh, update on what South Africa's involvement in Mozambique is. Maybe you have some thoughts on these issues. Would love to hear from you on the WhatsApp line 072-567-1567. Give me a call on 021-446-0567. Bringing it back to you, uh, Jasmine, uh, just before I leave now, oh, we have to part ways, but terrorism's, terrorism's ability to adjust uh, versus institutional and state struggle in, in alignment is key when we look at this conversation. 
It is key. And the, the terrorists do not have to be accountable, do not have to be transparent. They are using every opportunity they can get. We can see it with propaganda online, be it Al-Qaeda and with Al-Shabaab aligned to Al-Qaeda, be it the Islamic State. Now in Pakistan, we see a similar situation with the TTP. They are using and maximizing each propaganda channel available to them. Whereas if we look at AU structures, they, one of their biggest constraints is response time. Response encountering where they are alerts of a serious situation developing. And it boils back to effective capabilities in coordinating what is available, encountering and preventing a situation that has that evolves. If we talk Mozambique, 2017, here we are six years later, and the Islamic State is simply evolving. We're standing over 200 claims to credit. I'm not counting videos. I'm not counting on NABA articles, leading articles. The propaganda machine is in full swing, and the region cannot escape and will not escape this harsh reality of a presence of brutality we are not familiar with. Jasmine, I have run out of time. Unfortunately, it's a conversation I'd like to continue in the near future. But uh, thank you very much for joining us on the show. Jasmine Opperman, who is a security consultant specializing in extremism and political uh, works.